everybody and welcome to the jigsaw this is our second installment of sunday school and i have somebody super super special we're going to talk about um some real real good stuff um she is brandy stinson but i'm gonna allow her to introduce herself and tell you more about it so tell the people who you are brandy hey i am brandy stinson i'm a licensed clinical social worker um, practicing in georgia licensed and practicing in georgia new york and temporarily new jersey by way of telehealth and I'm also the CEO and founder of Pearls of Esther Incorporated, which is a non women's empowerment nonprofit where we are equipping women to be whole in every area of life. Um, other than that, I am a black woman. Come on, sister, black woman. Friend, niece, cousin, homegirl, all of the above. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. That's what's up. And if you hear all of that, then you definitely know she is more than qualified to have this conversation with us. So let's just dive right into it. Okay. Let's dive right into it. Rona has thrown all of us off in a sense or so, right? Right. So for you personally, how have you managed to maintain self-care? You know what? I'm, I'm not even, okay. So let me preface this by saying that I am from Alabama. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I am comfortable. So that means that my country accent is going to like leap out. So let me just <laughs> let you know that off the rip. So yeah. nobody be, be caught, you know, don't be caught off guard. Okay. Um, but when Rona first started, I was really tripping, like this cannot be real life. And I think for like the first month, I didn't know what self-care should look like because mm -hmm. everything was chaotic. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I think it's it's been only within the past, I would say, month and a half that I have really grounded myself in what it means, what self-care means for me and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. And so some of the things that I'm doing is that I purposely do not watch the news early in the morning. I had to limit my media intake. There are certain you know, articles that I may see on social media, I just scroll real fast. Like I yeah. don't even have time to, to read that. There are times where I'm not going to lie. I don't even watch the, the president speak on TV because for me, that was something that was very triggering for me. Mm -hmm. So I had mm -hmm. to say, you know what, let me just catch the bullet points later. I can't do that right now. So limiting my intake, knowing what I, I, I can read and the consume and what I can't, shutting it down, um, having alone time, not being afraid to be silent and not doing anything. And also knowing when my emotional cup is running over. Yeah. Meaning when emotionally I am getting to a space to where I'm feeling overwhelmed mm -hmm. and when I need to kind of pull back and just, you know, like I said, just kind of take time for myself and not feeling guilty about that. So I would say those things have been a tremendous help for me. That, that is so good, especially about the piece of just not even listening to our so-called president. Um, Rona or not, I don't have much ear for anything right, right. <laughs> he has to say. But it is so true, especially when we saw things like the George Floyd killing um, mm -hmm. and the news was just just inundated with all of these different interviews and protests and things like that and as much as I was involved there was so many times I had to just step back because I couldn't take it 
yeah. um, as a black man, as a you know father to black sons. You know, I just yeah. I just couldn't watch it every single day. And yeah. sometimes I felt the guilt about it because I wanted to stay yeah. informed. I wanted to do my part. But it's like, how do I balance? You know what I'm saying? So let's talk through that a little bit. How do you yeah. balance wanting to stay informed, be in the know, but also dealing with taking care of you as well? Right. You know, I, I think that... I think it's two parts to that. I think mm-hmm. that if you're used to being on the front lines of everything, being in leadership, being productive, then there's going to come a sense of guilt with not doing those things, especially in a time of crisis. Um, you know, I'm, I was guilty of it. Like you said, feeling guilty for not being plugged into every single thing at yeah. every single yeah. protest and, you know, doing all of those things. But I had to realize that if I'm not mentally or emotionally well, I won't last long to be a part of any of that anyway. Right, right. It's not worth me having a a mental crisis or a physical crisis because I'm suffering just to be in the know. You know what I'm saying? Like we all want to, you know, we want to run on and see what the end is. Right, right. But you're not (laughs) going to, if you're out here struggling and you're still, you're putting yourself out there and you're consuming all the media and and at everybody's protests and doing all of this and inside you are this stuff is eating you away mm-hmm. like you you're it's, it's gonna catch up with you you right. know so right. i had to just really reel myself in and be like girl listen you can't be out here having a breakdown because you're you're gonna be no good for your clients if you are struggling you know, at the expense of your own mental health. Like, no, that's, we don't have time for that. So very true. I mean, you can't be for what, for other people, what you refuse or don't allow yourself to be for you. So right. like that is, that's, that's super, super important. Um, another thing that I think Rona has also done has given us a lot of quiet time. And in mm-hmm. one space that is really good, right? It gives us opportunity right. to reset but on the other side of that, it gives us the opportunity for our minds to wonder and right. go down like these pigeonholes of like <laughs> bad decisions and right. past things. So like how how would one balance maintaining self-care, mm-hmm. but also kind of dealing with and owning and taking care of and dealing with trauma in the middle of a pandemic? Right. You know, like you said, I, this the slowing down has given us more time to think. Mm-hmm. And whereas we've had all these distractions, like we don't have a lot of these distractions anymore. If you're trying to stay health, healthy, because there are some right. people out here still partying, like we're not in the Rona, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> 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 um, but it has definitely given us time to slow down. And I think that I can finally say, I, I really think it's good for us to take advantage of this time. Okay. Because we may not get another opportunity to slow down like this. And if you're in the middle of um, sitting through this situation, I know that with the uh, social justice issues combined with coronavirus, it has brought up a lot of buried trauma for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It's brought up grief. It's brought up fear of death. It's brought up, you know, my uncle was sick and on life support. So I have some fear about another family member being sick and on life support or on a ventilator or what. So it's bringing up stuff, right? Yeah. And so I think now is a good time to not sit alone in what you're feeling and to also reach out if you have a therapist or if you are interested in attending therapy. I would say that now is a really good time because I know that the world is crazy, but listen, we actually have the time now to deal with our stuff 
We don't have to busy ourselves and distract ourselves from buried trauma. No, we have to, we can deal with it. You know, I, I always say that grief and, and trauma, they say pay me now or pay me later. So even in oh, the yeah. distractions, it's not gonna just go away. It's it's gonna, you know, catch back up with you. And I think that, you know, again, I know it may not be easy to hear or digest, but now I think is a good time to really sit down, slow down, journal. Like I said, talk to someone that you mm -hmm. trust about it and even enlist some uh, mental health clinicians to come in and help you to unpack what's happening so that when the world opens back up, you can be in a better space mentally and emotionally. That is so good. And I think that concept gets a little cloudy for our Christian brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. because as much as I love the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right, I do believe <laughs> one of the key tools of discipleship is therapy, yeah. um, especially when we're dealing with, you know, trauma and whatever situations are right. So how, like, how would you encourage our Christian brothers, our brothers and sisters of faith to mm -hmm. kind of break down the stigma that all we need is Jesus. Um, right. But like, sometimes we do need to also be on the altar and somebody's couch. Right. Right. You know what? That, that whole piece gets on my last nerve about <laughs> all we need is Jesus. Um, because I think that mental health has been over spiritualized. People think, mm -hmm. well, if you're, if you have schizophrenia, and you are, you know, responding to uh, voices. If you're having auditory hallucinations, that's a demon. So if no, that's a diagnosis. Them, right. And, <laughs> and let me just cast that demon out. You won't hear voices anymore. Well, fam, people will leave the altar and still hear voices. And they probably need medication. Mm -hmm. Let's just be real about it. So I think it has been over-spiritualized. And as much as I love the Lord Jesus, and I believe in the power of prayer and healing, even in the area of, the, of mental health. I do believe that there are practical things that we can do to be able to manage our mental wellness. And so I think the first thing that we can do is have conversations like this yeah. where we are talking to clergy and talking to ministers and pastors and church people and Christians to say, mental health is a real thing. It's not just you go to the altar, you get the, the spirit of depression cast out of you and then you're never feeling that thing again because that thing can 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 come back around if right. you go through something or what have you and so i think that we have to destigmatize it in the church and stop making people feel like they're less spiritual they don't have a relationship with god i have seen a lot of people who have come into my office who are christians who are believers right mm -hmm. who are even consumed with the guilt of having a mental health diagnosis and being a Christian. So imagine already struggling wow. with anxiety, already struggling with depression, and you add on top of that, well, am I even a good Christian? Am I even a child of God if I'm having a mental health issue? Am I, along the, with the list of everything else that I'm failing at that's causing me to, to feel depressed or anxious, I'm also failing at being a Christian because I'm struggling with a mental health issue. Wow, okay, yeah. That's and so I think we have to destigmatize it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So how, I guess, what, like, what are some practical ways? So like if a mm -hmm. pastor came to you today and said, I want to do this with my church, like how would you work to help destigmatize that? I would say bring in clinicians who can provide information. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people may have, maybe having a mental break and may not know what it is. And so they will over-spiritualize it because they don't know. So bring in clinicians to have conversations with your congregation. This is what depression looks like. This is what anxiety looks like. 
we do this all the time when it comes to diabetes. We do it with mm-hmm. heart disease. We do it with, you know, other cancer. We do it with all these other medical diagnoses. And we say, well, these are the signs to look for. If, you, if you're experiencing this, this is a heart attack. Everybody can tell you how to know, how to know when you're having a heart attack, right? Mm-hmm. But then people cannot tell you what it looks like if they have a diagnosis of depression and anxiety. And that's where we have to start is talking about very practical, what are the key signs and symptoms? I know you love the Lord Jesus. I know that. But fam, if you are experiencing these things, just like a medical diagnosis, you may need some help. Yeah. So I think bringing in someone clinically trained to be able to provide these, these kind of earmarkers to know hey, when this is going on or when I see my family members struggling with this, this may be a sign that we need some help. And then also knowing the boundaries, knowing when something is beyond your scope of practice, knowing when it stops at pastoral care and you need to have a conversation and say, fam, we have done all the spiritual counseling that we can do. Now I need to refer you out to a, or recommend a clinical mental health counselor to help walk you through some of these other things that you're experiencing. So knowing your scope of practice and not stepping out of that. That's that part right there is so good because I, like you say, I think so many times pastors and even their staff are equipped to do a certain level of counseling mm-hmm. um, and things. And sometimes it's just beyond your scope of work. And I know even professionally, I tell you people that, 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 that's above my pay grade. I don't know. I don't do, you it's know, above me now. <laughs> right? it's above me now. you gotta go, you gotta go to somebody else. Cause I can't, I can't help you. And I think owning that, knowing that I would be more of a disservice to you if I continue yeah. um, because Back in 2015, I had my first panic attack, partially mm-hmm. as a result of the church. I was um, in grad, well, I just finished grad school, mm-hmm. but was working full time and was putting on my first ever like big conference. And wow. I'm a I'm a perfectionist, recovering perfectionist. And, right. um, and I was just, and it was the first time and I'm just, you know, doing everything. And it started off real light. Like it was like these, I would wake up in the middle of the night, heart beating real fast. And then we were leaving church one day and I had just, I was on the phone, like driving, multitasking. And I literally couldn't breathe anymore. Could barely see. I pulled up. I was like, actually, I didn't know if I was having a heart attack. I didn't know what was going on. And because I told them that my chest was hurting, they rushed me back. And they were like, we think you just had a panic attack. So I went to see a psychiatrist the next day. um, And he just, he went real medical medicine on me. And yeah. I was just like, Mm-mm. at the time, I was like, nope, not taking all that. I did yeah. take the prescription and it helped me because those episodes did not end until that conference was over. And wow. my pastor was just like, you know, pray. We're going to pray with you. We're going to what kind of he did offer to help build the team up. But at the time, I'm like, I got to make sure that this is done right. So you can put more people on this team, but it wasn't until like a few more years of maturity and dealing with mentors, even being in therapy myself, that I realized how much I did myself a disservice trying to serve God, trying to encourage the people, um, leading a conference called The Revolution, all about change, but then not wanting to implement the level of change that was necessary for me. So I 100% agree with you. And I'm like more gung ho about our Christian brothers and sisters. Because I've seen it from childhood on up, people who just have issues and they will not deal with them. And they they bury themselves in church work sometimes, right? Or they try to bury themselves in their positions and their titles and all the while they're struggling. Um, And I think it's been real because we've seen a lot of pastors, unfortunately, commit suicide um, because they didn't have the places. Um, 
or wow. felt like they didn't have the safe spaces to do what was necessary for their for their health. Um, yeah. So, you know, as we get ready to close out, like, let's talk yeah. about overall, what are some tools that you would give a client to better cope or to handle trauma on their own? Like after they've mm-hmm. sat on the couch, right? I think mm-hmm. the hardest part is every time I end a session, my therapist says, Josh, this is your homework assignment, right? Yeah. And sometimes I look at her like, I ain't doing that because that's, <laughs> that takes a lot. And, you know, <laughs> and I end right, up doing right. but, like, but, that, but for me, that's the real, like going to therapy. I love my therapist. She's amazing. Um, so mm-hmm. going to have the tough conversations aren't hard. It's, right. the, it's the work. The right? work, so, yeah. So, so, so what are like some, maybe one, one piece of advice that you can help somebody mm-hmm. overcome, I guess, the anxiety or the fear of actually mm-hmm. doing the work? Doing the work. You know, I would say you won't die in the process. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I think as humans, we are afraid to go to very painful places. And I think that fear is that we'll go to, if we tap into those painful places that we'll get stuck. Yeah. And somehow won't be able to come out. But with the right support, you you definitely come out better on the other side. And guess what? Half of more than half the time you're already stuck anyway. Mm-hmm. You're you know, so you would be doing yourself a disservice to not go into those places. Sometimes healing hurts before it feels better. You know, and oh, that's, that that's just, yeah, that's just, that's just the nature of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you know, I tell clients, you, you may hate me before you start to like me because I'm going to ask questions. I'll ask maybe what you may see as tough questions, you know, and they, they, they love me, but <laughs> you know, they, they, I'll ask tough questions yeah. um, and it's only to provoke some thought and that's it. But I would say if you're going through therapy or if you're starting, like you said, to do the work and it doesn't feel good, you are right where you need to be because it won't. Mm -hmm. When you have a wound and you pour peroxide or alcohol or any kind of antiseptic on it, especially alcohol, it's going to burn like I don't know what for (laughs) probably the longest 30 seconds of your entire life, right? But 10 minutes later, guess what, fam? You live and you're okay. And that's how it, that's, that's very similar to how it is when we talk about mental and emotional treatment and healing. It may burn at first, but you're going to be okay and you really come out better on the other side, honestly. Awesome stuff. So for, um, you know, this podcast is real black. It's extra black. I blackity say with, black. It's blackity black with a side blackity of black. black. Um, <laughs> So like for us specifically, black folk, what are some ways that we can just some practical ways, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I know there and we'll le- link some resources in the show mm-hmm. notes. But outside of just, you know, going to therapy, what are some ways that we can kind of maintain self-care, keep our mental together? Because it don't look like we're getting outside no time soon. Outside still closed. Right. Well, your your cousins are outside. But no, I, them ain't my cousins. Them your, the people. Your, your cousins are outside. They're they the had, they had the pool parties. They're they the folks who left the cookout. They at the club. <laughs> they at brunch. They at juicy crab. Your cousins are outside. We uh-uh. all the ones who's inside. That's Stacy Dash them. They left the cookout. We right. all inside the gate. We still right. we still inside the gate. Let's be clear. <laughs> Let's be, be real clear. clear. Right. <laughs> but for us who are right, right, only going to Kroger, Walmart, Target. Right. Uh, <laughs> what are some ways that we can do like because we can't. You can't go get your massages anymore. Well, you can't. Right. But I ain't getting massages, right? And so right. many things that we would consider to be relaxing 
are closed right. or off limits or limited. So what are some like practical ways, some things that people can do to maintain self-care? Um, gosh, I would say explore a new hobby. Okay. You know, one of the things I have never planted a flower in my entire life, but when Rona hit, I put on mask and gloves and wet clothes, <laughs> got some flowers and planted them in pots and put them on my patio. Mm -hmm. Like explore something that's new. You know, I, I have, you know, I've heard clients and friends say, oh, I, I started planting vegetables or I started painting. Who knew that I could even paint? Explore new hobbies. If you see something online, you're like, that looks interesting. I wonder if I could do that. Do it. Try it. We mm -hmm. have the time to do that now. Um, another thing is also assessing what feels safe for you, right? So for me, um, one of the things that I like to do is I like to get my nails done. And for a lot of people, they're like, fam, my nails about to be tore up from the flow up until Rona is home. <laughs> right. But for me, I did a lot of research and just looking at salons, calling, saying, what are you doing to enforce social distancing? Are you wearing mat? Like, And so the place that I go, I feel safe. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so assess, and I've been going now for probably a month and a half, two months, and I ain't got the Rona yet. So Listen, <laughs> at least not from there. <laughs> no, but seriously though, but assess what feels safe for you. Like you said, Josh, like for you going to get a massage, like that that's a no-go for you. You know, but if someone says, Hey, I have a masseuse that I've been going to, that they said, you know what, I'll clear out the studio. You know, you'll be the first person here. There's nobody else that's in here. These are what we have. Like assess what what is safe mm -hmm. and what feels safe for you specifically. I mean, I'm not saying be out here wilding out because mm -hmm. listen, we trying to come out the house. From listen, don't go to compound like them stupid folk did during the 4th of July and had a pool. And <laughs> Man, that was real ratchet and ghetto. Don't, don't do that when the Rona leave because that was yeah, real ratchet. That was just, oh. <laughs> that was top level ratchet and ghetto and state. Don't do that, okay? But assess what feels um, safe for you. Mm -hmm. Another thing is also, you know, if you want to do something um, that is just low-key and quiet at the house, like, you know what I'm saying? Even, you know, one thing that I've been saying is make sure you're contain. Um, I'm sorry, maintaining your social connections. Gather your girlfriends on Zoom and have a happy hour. Mm -hmm. You know, get, I've been to happy hours, birthday celebrations just hanging out on virtual, you know, by way of virtual means, make time for those connections. Another thing is make sure that you're being intentional about reaching out to your friends and family. For yeah. me, it has been, I've, I've found that there are literally friends that I'm close to that I, I could go a week and be like, I haven't talked to her. And I think it's just because we've got so much going on and, and every day we're just trying to maintain, but be very intentional about reaching out for um, your social supports. But again, going back to number one, explore a new hobby. Like yeah. something you always wanted to do, but you just didn't have the time. Do it, you know? Yeah, that's what yeah. I would recommend. I hope I answered your question. You did. You did. And and just as we close out, what are you personally doing this week? Because, you know, on, right here on the Jigsaw, we love to talk about self-care and, right. and self-awareness. So what, so what are you doing for self-care this week? Oh, what am I doing for self-care this week? I'm definitely buying more plants because okay. – the other ones died, but that's a whole <laughs> nother, I did a whole bunch of things wrong, but guess what? I have time. So I actually researched 
the types of plants that I want. And so now when I go to Lowe's, you know, or if I do curbside pickup, I'm a bit more equipped to like mm-hmm. get the proper things to be able to maintain them. So I definitely need to get more flowers, probably okay. house, house plants this time. Um, and I've also legit thought about like just sitting outside, even if it's on my patio or if there is a, an early morning, like an early Saturday morning, early Sunday morning to go out to a park where it's not a lot of people out there and just like have breakfast or do something. Cause I have, I work from home. Mm-hmm. And so I have to be intentional about going outside. Like that's been my issue. Like my mom was legit worried about me one time, like, girl, it's been four days and you ain't, you ain't, you haven't gone outside. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You need to, you actually need to go outside and right. get some vitamin D like sun is good for you. So I have to be intentional about go finding safe ways to go outside and actually spend time safely spend time outside because it it lightens my mood so yeah that's that's what i'm going to do okay what about you josh what are you doing oh man you threw it at me so um <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that i'm a fitness enthusiast um right. so i love working out got some i do not plan to ever have a dad bod ever <laughs> have i have an i have an entire shirt dedicated to it Uh, (laughs) um but um yeah so um but one of the things that i want to be able to do so my wife has started doing like morning walks as a form Mm -hmm. of self-care for herself Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, girl, I'm not getting out there walking like you, you know, with these like old people. Um, but one morning I got out there and I did it with her. Um, okay. and it was much less, and you know, I don't she can she can get me later for saying this, but it was when I finished, I enjoyed her company. But we've yeah. been together since, you know, since March. We've been stuck in the house together. So we've had a lot of Aww. long time. Don't all that. Don't all that. This is the work of marriage they don't tell you about. You, you have to be stuck so sweet, with your spouse for 180 some days. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, um, but it was more about slowing life down. Yeah. And just be, like you said, being outside and kind of being one with nature. So for me, I think on my rest day, Mm-hmm. I'm going to do an active rest day where I'm not going to be doing crazy weights or um, cardio, but I'm probably going to take a walk, whether that be yeah. with my wife or by myself um, and just slow it down. Um, yeah. Because as much as life has slowed down, mm-hmm. um, it kind of hasn't for some of us. I've, I also suffer from hyper productivity. Um, so I like to work. I like to do. Um, I told you, you've been busy, man. You've been <laughs> working out. You've been doing the, the podcast. You've been preaching to the, to the saints on, on the social media outlets. I mean, every time I turn around, you, you're doing something, man. Yeah. You're, killing it so. I, I appreciate that but so I, but I also need to sit down somewhere it's every now and then and I've been a lot more intentional with that and okay. I found that her walk has actually inspired me to be able to do that so on my active rest day which is typically like Wednesday um I'm gonna just take a walk and just yeah. you know be out there and don't rush it um try not to start running because I'll, I will do that since I'm out here I might as well get a mile you know I'll do that but I'm trying try not to do that but really yeah. stick to um, just being at peace and slowing it down for a minute. Right. That's Good. what it's going Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So, Brandy, I want to really thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me in the virtual sanctuary of sorts for our second <laughs> version of Sunday this School. Um, absolutely. We got to get you back because um, yeah. you can never in my opinion, have enough conversations about self-care and mental wealth and wellness. Um, a podcast that I listen to say that they um, promote mental hygiene because who in the world wants a musty brain? I love that so much. No musty brains, man. <laughs> I love that so no much. No musty brains. <laughs> well, before we close out, uh, tell the people how they can follow you or some things that you even got going on. 
Oh gosh. So you can follow me on Facebook. I'm B Speaks on Facebook, um, B-E-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. You can follow my nonprofit at Pearls of Esther I-N-C. That's P-E-A-R-L-S-O-F-E-S-T-H-E-R-I-N-C. Um, I do have a conference that's coming up actually next weekend, women's conference virtually, but we will also have some other events that are coming up virtually, some regular discussions that are going to take place uh, more towards the end of August, picking up um, end of August, beginning of September. So if you follow me, you'll see all the announcements about that. And there are a few other places that I'm speaking virtually, a few other uh, conferences and things of that nature that I regularly announce on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I also have a profile on psychology today. So if you have questions, you can look me up there, just uh, Brandy Stinson. And I think that's it. I mean, booked and busy. We so, appreciate I mean, it. I need to slow down like <laughs> you. Like, yeah, I need to. I, I'm trying to be more intentional, like you said, about just slowing down. But I mean, in the mental health world, it's picked up. I can only tremendously. Imagine. Yeah, I can only. We're imagine. busy. <laughs> For real. I can only imagine. But that's what's up again. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And y'all, we're about to get ready to get yeah. out of here, wrap it up. And we're going to do the last segment we call the benediction. Let's go. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh, you could never ever bring me down. Couldn't do it then. Couldn't do it now. Man, didn't Brandy just come in and bless us real quick in the virtual living room that we kind of turned into a sanctuary on Sundays for our Sunday school session? Super, super excited to have had her here. And there were so many great gems and moments that we discussed concerning taking care of ourselves, how we can maximize Corona and COVID to really be a space where we, you know, deal with trauma and deal with issues in a way that's healthy, in a way that is productive. And in a way that is going to really push us forward and move the needle in a space that gets us to a place of complete healing and wholeness. So I hope that you were able to take something and figure out how to utilize it to make sure that you're pushing yourself to a place and to a space rather to be the best version of you that you can be. All right. All right. Very good. Very good. In the words of Auntie Tabitha Brown. Can we pray before we get out of here? God, we thank you. We bless you for another Sunday, another Sunday school. We thank you that you have given us tools and resources to be able to make sure that we're maintaining self-care, that we're keeping our mental spaces clear, that we're in a space where we're able to live healthy and whole lives. And even when it gets hard, God, we understand that with you, you're going to give us the comfort and the peace to be able to overcome and to go into the heal and the whole places that you've designed for for us to be. God, we also thank you that even in the equipping and the tools that you've given us, it is not just the word of God that we rely on because it is. We do rely on your word. We rely on your power, but you've also equipped people and communities in the form of therapists and wise counsel to be able to be a a source of accountability, a source of safety, and a space of of discipleship for us as we continue to move and to grow and to be and to be whole. God, we love you. We bless you and we give you glory. And we are so excited that we are stepping into the healed, whole, healthy versions of ourselves because it is that version that the world needs for us to fulfill everything that we've been called and destined to do. In Jesus name we pray. 
Amen. So this has been another episode of Sunday School. I hope that you enjoy it. This is a part of a mini series that we're doing. I think we have about three more before we're this is officially a wrap. So we'll see again. We'll see what happens. As always, follow us at the Jigsaw. Uh, I mean, yeah, at the Jigsaw Podcast on Instagram. You can write to us at the Jigsaw Podcast at gmail.com. And then, you know, I'm looking forward to have some fun to cutting up a little bit on Thursdays during our regular sessions. All right. Do not let life get you down. Don't let life take control. Do what you can, why you can, but don't you ever get caught with your work undone. Happy Sunday, y'all. That's a wrap. <laughs>